This Christmas, we have been talking about this gift exchange idea. That we bring something to the party that is not what it could be, and we need to exchange it. We want to exchange it for something better. And Christmas is all about us exchanging what we have for that something better that is Jesus. You know, so often at Christmas, so often when we think about faith, so often sometimes when we think about following Jesus, we think about following Jesus has just been an upgrade to our life, like a value adder. And there is no doubt that Jesus adds value to our life, but our posture before Christ is not to ask him make better who we are, it's to offer so that we can exchange our life for his. That we can die that he may live through us. That's the Christmas message. So we've looked at some of the exchanges that have taken place, right? And it was Zechariah who was overcome with frustration. And all of a sudden, God shows up. And his frustration, as he stops speaking and starts listening to God, he exchanges frustration for hope, right? And last week, we tried to look at the life of Mary, this young teenager who was overwhelmed And she exchanged her feeling of overwhelmment for a feeling of joy. Let me just sort this out. Excuse me. Maybe you don't know what I'm doing, but I'm fixing a feedback problem, Mike. (laughs) There we go. It's good. I got it. I think I got it. And I was very subtle about it, too, so no one even knows. All right. All right, so Zechariah, right, traded frustration for hope. Mary traded frustration, uh, uh, being overwhelmed for overjoy. The third uh, exchange that I want to talk about today involves the shepherds who exchanged a life of worry for a life of wonder. A life of worry for a life of wonder. The fact that when Jesus shows up, he makes that exchange is good news for all of us because many of us have a tendency to worry and to over-worry, right? The shepherd's story is found in Luke chapter 2, verse 8. The shepherds were people who had much to worry about. Now, on one hand, on the uh, outside, there were these big, rugged, uh, tough guys. But because of what they did and how they functioned and how they worked, that's not who they were on the inside. There were a lot of things that the shepherds had to worry about. In their job of tending sheep, They always had to be alert. They they never knew what was coming. They never knew when the sheep that they were watching were going to be attacked. They always had to have their worry meter up because an attack could have happened at any time. Much like those in some of our uh, law enforcement today, right? 
Even a, a random traffic stop can turn into something significant, so you, you have to keep your radar up. The shepherds would have worried about attacks coming. Good shepherds would worry about their sheep. And it's hard to take care of animals that aren't the smartest. It's hard to look after some of these sheep that were independent, needy, and most of the time dumb. That they had to constantly be worried about the sheep. Their reputation wasn't very good. And that would have caused them some worry as well. Shepherds were uh, often said about them that they confused uh, mine with thine, right? And the idea is that uh, there was not much integrity among the shepherds. And therefore, when you have that reputation has not been trustworthy, it kind of goes before you. So even basic interactions with people would have caused some, some worry for them. They would have worried about what was going to become of their life. Not much of a future in shepherding. Then they would have worried about their role in society because they had to live on the edge. Being a shepherd and giving yourself to shift work meant that they couldn't comply to a lot of the social and a lot of the religious norms. So perhaps even they were worried about their, their eternity, certainly what the future had. These shepherds may have looked bold and brash on the outside, but inside there was a lot that they were probably worried about. They, they lived on the edge of life, and whenever we're living on the edge of life, there's a lot of worry that comes with that, right? The shepherds entered this story from a place of worry. And one of the things that we learn about worry, especially if we're worries, uh, worriers, is that worry tends to compound itself, right? We're worried about one thing. And another thing doesn't replace it. It builds on top of it and builds on top of it and builds on top of it. So much so that if we've got too much worry in our lives, then it inhibits our life. It causes us to doubt. It causes us not to trust. It tells us lots of things about what we shouldn't do rather than about what we can do. And so the shepherds come to the story full of worry. They were staying out in their fields and keeping watch at night over the flock. It's what they did. Maybe walking around a little bit um, decreased their worry, but it was a worrying job. But then all of a sudden, their world, their worried, worrisome world is turned upside down. It says in verse 9, Then an angel of the Lord stood before them. And the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. It's almost like worry has this progression over us, right? A problem starts with worry, 
Then if we worry too much, it quickly develops to a fear, to being afraid. But if we stay in that fearful state too long, all of a sudden we can start to become terrified, right? And we read here that the shepherds started out in a place of worry, but they very quickly moved to a place of being terrified. They had prepared for attacks on the sheep from all directions apart from above. And that's exactly where the angel came from. And as their worry had been compounded, they had this surprise attack from above, and it tells us that they were terrified. It says there were two reasons why they were terrified. First of all, the angel. That's legit. I, I, I think if an angel comes, it is very, very appropriate for you to be terrified. Amen. But the second thing, thanks, Lee. <laughs> but the second thing that came and that would have terrified them was not just the angel, which was uh, terrifying enough, but was also what is described as the glory of the Lord. Notice it says, and. The angels came, and the glory of the Lord. There were two things that terrified them. The angel of the Lord was legit, but when the glory of the Lord comes, that does something very different. We read throughout Scripture that when the glory of the Lord comes, it illuminates everything. In fact, in the book of Revelation, uh, we talk about in the new heaven and the new earth, we, the, the power source for our lives is light, which comes from the glory of God. So when the glory of God shows up, it illuminates everything around them. And that itself can be terrified if you're holding on to worry. But that itself is exactly what you need sometimes if you're holding on to worry. Does that make sense? So this week I've had this low-grade headache like all week, right? So at first I'm like, oh, that's annoying. Let me pop a couple of ibuprofen. I'll be fine. But then it comes and it comes and it comes, and I'm by default a warrior, right? Started on Monday, so by Monday afternoon, I'm convinced that I've got this brain tumor. <laughs> right? And so it continues, and I'm like, no, no, yes, no, it'll go away, it won't go away. And I tell Tracy about it finally on Friday, and she says, well, you should go see a doctor. I'm like, that's a good idea, I should. I don't know when, but, you know, it was Christmas, but... but but I should, because what a doctor will do is he will look at things and shine the light on things. And when the light comes on, I will be able to understand my worry and, and remove it, right? But when the glory of the Lord comes, it shines light on. And if we bring our worries into the light, more often than not, that thing that we're worried about goes away, right? But how many of you know that going to a doctor can be a scary thing, right? That's why they were terrified. But sometimes you've got to go through the fear to receive the light. So the shepherds were worried. And the angel shows up and the glory of God, God's light illuminates everything. And we read that they, they are terrified. First word that the angels say is, don't be afraid, right? It's in every story you've read this season. And when the angel says, don't be afraid, what he's actually doing is he's scaling back their worry, right? 
Don't be terrified. Don't be fear. If you need to be worried, that's fair enough. But, but let's just kind of scale it back a little bit. Do not be afraid. For look, I am proclaiming to you good news of great joy that will be for you, uh, that will be for all people. Great news, great joy, good news. Did I say that right? Good news, great joy. That would have been new news to the shepherds. Because when we're consumed by worry, good news and great joy are hard to find, right? That's part of what worry robs of us. Good news and great joy. And so when they said that, they're going to say, oh, I, I maybe remember that. Here's the good news. Today in the city of David was born for you... One who is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped tightly in cloth, laying in a manger. I love how how tender the angel is with these shepherds. I, I know you're overwhelmed. I know you're full of worry. I know this is difficult news for you. I want you to scale back on your, your, your fear and your, your terror and your worry. And let me make this real simple for you. You know Bethlehem. It's happening there. Go check it out. Well, when you get there, you will find a baby. Go check it out. He'll be lying in a manger. Go check it out. What the angels are doing here is they're applying some logic to this worry, right? Man, I don't know about you, but when we start worrying, that's a great thing for us to do as well. To step aside from it, to look at it rationally, to, 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 to apply some logic. And that helps reduce our worry as well, right? So here's the shepherds, and they're carrying this big weight of worry. And the angel shows up, and the glory of God shows up. And in a roundabout way, he says, we don't want you to carry worry anymore. You don't have to uh, let those things that you worry about be a burden to you. Because Jesus has come. And Jesus is going to change things. And Jesus wants to take that worry and replace it. Imagine the shepherds are just standing there. Interesting. Let's see. Do we believe this guy or does he just cause us to to worry more? And in that thought, something else happens. Verse 13. Suddenly, there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and peace on earth to people he favors. All of a sudden, this... Interesting exchange that could have caused some worry was taken to the next level as potentially thousands of angels showed up. Initially, the angels had invited the shepherds from their worry. Check it out. Take a look at it. We need to do that. We we need to... um, be invited out of our worry. But then when this this multitude of angels showed up, 
It's almost like God was not just inviting them out of their worry. He was inspiring them from their worry. I think that's how Jesus uh, makes this transition. It's not by inviting us just to get over it. It's by inviting us to see something bigger, something better, something bolder, something brighter. Something more important than to, to, to live with than just the worries of life. And so as they were living a worrisome life, all of a sudden there is this outbreak of inspiration. This outbreak of awe as heaven is overspilling earth. You know, I, I read this commentary this week, I, and again, it's, it's speculation, but the picture is, is perfect, right? It's almost like the angel showed up and they had this little interaction with, with, with the, the shepherds. And the rest of heaven is peering over the balcony of heaven because they're so excited about what's happening uh, in earth. And all of a sudden, the balcony of heaven breaks. And it's almost like this multitude of angels kind of gather around this one angel. And they say, it's true. Glory to God in the highest and, and peace on earth to men. You see, worry is the absence of something or is the satisfaction of that thing. Think about that for a moment. We worry because something is missing. And worry fills a space that God needs to occupy. It is the awe and wonder of God that fulfills that place. And so they're worried, but then there's this outbreak of awe that changes everything. The angels say, peace. Peace attacks and wins over worry. Glory overcomes worry. Knowing that we're favored and loved by God overcomes worry. When we see God, when we know his peace, and we experience his favor, worry doesn't stand a chance in his life, in our life. That makes sense? There were worrisome people. The angel said, hey, you know, let me, let, let's help you get out of that. And it, and it maybe worked a little bit. But then there's this inspiration that comes from God. That they see God, and when you see God, worry doesn't need to have a place in our life anymore, because awe replaces it. Verse 15, when the angels had left them and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. I imagine when they huddled to have this conversation about what they do next, if they'd have had this conversation from a place of worry, they probably would have hunkered down and gone back to their job and pretended this didn't happen. But they were inspired. And there's something about inspiration that moves us, that changes us, right? And here, this inspiration was moving and changing the shepherds from a life of worry to this life of wonder. They said, we've got to go and check this out. 
That in itself is not the decision of a warrior. If they're consumed by worry, they stay every time. If, if they go and they leave the sheep, then man, they've got to worry about their jobs. They've got to worry about their future. They've got to worry about their reputation. If they go and they take the sheep with them, they've got to worry about getting there at a reasonable time. They've got to worry about uh, leaving, uh, making the sheep more vulnerable. They've got to worry about leaving them. But by saying, let's go and investigate, they're saying, I'm not going to be governed by a life of worry anymore. Because when we see the awe-inspiring presence and glory of God, and when we see His peace, and when we see His power, we realize there's not that much to worry about. Let's go straight to Bethlehem. And see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. Verse 16, they hurried off and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was laying in the manger. After seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed. It's interesting that in the shepherd's transformation, the angel has a big part to play. The host of heaven has a big part to play. But really, Mary, Joseph, and Jesus just have a, have a minor role. Because Luke wants us to see the shepherd. And so what he's pointing to here is the difference that Jesus makes in the life of the shepherd. They started off in worry... And then they were awakened by awe, and then they left to live a wonder-filled life. It says people are amazed at the message. There's two reasons that people were amazed. One, the message of itself. But secondly, who the messengers were. This was very unshepherd-like to be so excited, to be so full of the, the, the beauty of a story. We read verse 19 that Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. What was Mary meditating on? Maybe Jesus, maybe what God was doing. But in this moment, honestly, she's meditating on the shepherds. So the shepherds have seen this star, and the shepherds of all people had come to visit her. Again, I love that phrase, and it's used several times, right, that Mary treasured these things in her heart. You know why I think she was treasuring this in her heart? It's because she knows that as we do, that awe and inspiration often leak. And that if we don't stop and capture the awe moments, then we quickly drift towards a life of worry again. Here's one of the lessons Mary teaches us there. This Christmas, this week, stop and treasure something. Don't get so caught up in the, the, the doing that you miss the, the being. Scott and I have created this little tradition on Christmas Eve. We'll go to a church service together at 11 o'clock. 
because honestly, the first 24, 23 and a half days running up to Christmas are just full of stuff. And that's a moment for, for us and anyone's welcome to join us as well, where we just sit and we worship and we treasure and we capture the awe because all leaks, right? And if we don't capture that like Mary does, we find ourselves quickly moving towards worry. Mary treasured it up, verse 20, but the shepherds returned, glorifying God and praising God for all that they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. The angels had called it and they'd followed, and that helped build trust. Trust in God replaces worry. They started with these worrisome lives. And they saw an outbreak of awe, which caused them to go back to their normal life, but to live differently. You know, that's not quite how we would expect the story to go, right? They were worried. They had this awe moment. And then they went into ministry to serve God. Or they went on the mission field. Or they gave more money. Or or whatever it was. But what the scripture says is with this awe, they went back to their regular lives. But their regular lives were different. Because they were taking this Jesus and the glory of God and the kingdom of heaven back with them to that life. We used to sing this little song uh, when I was growing up. It was by Graham Kendrick. And the, the, the line in the song went, uh, In his presence, our problems disappear. Now, part of that line is... Terrible theology, right? (laughs) Because when we follow Jesus, our problems often still exist. But part of the theology of that line is beautiful. Because it's reminding us that in the midst of our problems, if our gaze is on God, then our problems become less. Because we're focusing on something other than our problems. And I think that's what the shepherds had to do. They lived this worrisome life. They met with awe. They were filled with wonder. But with their wonder, as they were looking to God, treasuring all that God has done, they were able to go back to their own lives and make a difference in their old lives. And I think that's what Jesus wants to do with us. We bring our stuff to him. He deals it and removes it and shows us himself. And then once we are full of him, he sends us back to our lives. Christianity is not an escape from the real real world. It's an entry into the real world as different people because God is with us. Christmas is all about an exchange. Zachariah was frustration to hope. Mary was overwhelmed to overjoyed. Next week, we're going to look at Simeon and Anna and the, the exchange that they made. 
But today I want you to know that Jesus coming is to replace your worry with a sense of wonder. And we get to live with wonder as we see the glory of God. We see the promise of God. We see the power of God. This Christmas week, do not miss the opportunity to see Jesus. I know many of you are kind of wondering right now, can I get home in time to click on Amazon to get my stuff in time? <laughs> many of you are worried about uh, family dynamics around the table. Many of you are worried about the credit card bill that's going to come in January. What, 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 whatever it is, that's, that's real. <clears throat> but we're not people who live in worry. We're people who live in wonder. But to be people who live in wonder, we first got to see the one that was called thousands of years ago by the prophet of Isaiah, the wonderful one.